All right, let's get our Bibles turned to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and verse number 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and verse number 18. While you're doing that, let us go ahead and pray. Father God, in the authority of the name of Jesus, Lord, we bless you for this opportunity to get into your word on this morning. We pray, Lord, let revelation knowledge flow freely unchecked and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. I pray, Lord, that you would indeed speak through my vocal cords, think through my mind. We thank you, Lord, for articulation of your heart. For a word in due season, Lord, for everything you'll do, we'd be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts of the Spirit being operation and manifestation. Amen. Let's make this confession of my faith. Say, Father, I've come to receive revelation, wisdom, and understanding from your holy word. And I fully expect the Holy Spirit to bear witness with my spirit concerning revelation of the word and how to apply it in my life on a daily basis. I'm a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Therefore, I am a fruitful believer. Well, if you believe that, say amen. First Thessalonians chapter number five and verse number 18 is where we'll find our assignment on this morning the scripture says this in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you in everything give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you the amplified version of the Bible says it this way it says in every situation no matter what the circumstance be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Notice it says in every circumstance or in every situation no matter the circumstance. In every situation no matter the circumstance. Watch this in the passage translation as well. It says this way he says it this way he says and in the midst of everything be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus in the midst of everything always 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 giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus this morning we want to uh, look at this subject, a proper perspective of being thankful. A proper perspective of being thankful. Of course, we've been talking about, for the last little while, the, the area of the righteous mind. And as a part of the righteous mind, we need to have a proper perspective about being thankful. We understand that this is the season of Thanksgiving as we will celebrate on this Thursday. Uh, Thanksgiving, many families will come together and have their turkey and have their dressing and all of these things. But it's important that we realize and recognize that the purpose of the holiday is to give thanks to God. It is to give praise to God for how he has brought us this far and the things that he's going to do for us in yet the future. It means essentially, as this scripture is indicating to us, it is to give thanks unto God. It says essentially give thanks. It comes from a Greek word here, which means express gratitude express gratitude well what is gratitude it is appreciation or thanks 
It is the state of being grateful. And so thus, thus far, we can look at this when he says give thanks, he says express gratitude is essentially what the Greek word means here. Or we also understand if we look at this word from a thesaurus, to be thankful means thanks or thankfulness expressed. It means acknowledgement expressed. It means indebtedness expressed. It means credit expressed, a tribute or an honor expressed. So having a heart of thanksgiving is something that God says, this is the will of God concerning you. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. Concerning every single believer to have a heart of gratitude. Now, overall, most of us would think and, and, and agree with this particular statement. And we wouldn't have an issue in where this is concerned. That yes, we need, of course, Reverend, to have a thankful heart. But there are certain things that we need to understand about thankfulness and having a proper perspective concerning this area of gratitude. I was thinking about this and meditating on this and I believe the Lord began to drop on the inside of me that we need to understand what this scripture says a little bit further. He says, in everything, give thanks for for this is the will of God concerning you. But it does not utilize the term for everything. He says in everything give thanks. But he doesn't say for everything. To give thanks to God for everything would, would mean something that's completely different than giving God thanks in everything. This is an interesting passage of scripture because this is one of the ones I, I literally have at my other office in my other uh, uh, in front of me that sits and I look at it every single day. I don't put it on the board so everybody can see it because it's not really intended for them. It's intended for me. So I have it high on my board where I'm the only one who really looks up there and sees it. It sits right in front of my desk. It says in everything give thanks. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Not for everything. We don't thank God for everything. We thank God in every circumstance, every situation that we find ourselves in. And there is a distinction in regards to these terms. So this morning, my assignment lies here. A proper perspective about being thankful. Well, let's take a little bit of a journey. We need to understand that there is what we can define as God's original intent for man as opposed to the life that we are in today. The original intent from God that we see within the book of Genesis is that God created the world to have a relationship between him and himself or the, the, between his man and himself. The Bible literally says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19, he says that he is reconciling the world to himself. Well, to reconcile the world to himself, it has everything to do with what happened in the Garden of Eden. That Adam and Eve, they disassimilated or they disassociated themselves rather from the kingdom of God. The original intent of God is displayed within Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. A world in relationship with God. It is also an illustration of the kingdom of God colonizing the earth. 
the kingdom of God colonizing the earth. And in fact, Jesus, when he shows us how to pray in Matthew chapter number six, he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Because the original intent of God was for there to be what you see on the earth to resemble what is done in heaven. This is God's original intent. The original intent of God, if you will, is also a world that was free from pain, sickness, disease, destruction, i.e. this word sin. The original intent of God was for a world to be free from sin. But the world that we live in today has sin in it. Sin was brought into the world as a result of an invitation. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 indicates that God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. The word dominion means let them reign, let them have rule, let them subjugate over all the fish of the sea and over all the fowls of the air and over all the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. This is what he indicated to us in Genesis chapter number two. So man had dominion. He had authority. And so therefore he took that up dominion, he took that authority, and when he bowed his knee to the, the, the devil, he transferred that authority into his hands. Look over here at Romans chapter 6 and verse number 16. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 16, I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Notice what the scripture says here. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? In the Garden of Eden, the devil came as a serpent and said, hey, you don't need to obey the laws of God. You can create essentially the world you want. It is a notion that we see still deposited in the earth today. You can create and live in your own truth. He says out of this passage of scripture, you said whatever, he said, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? God gave a command. The devil said you can disregard it. But they didn't understand that when they disregard the kingdom of light, they are choosing to obey the kingdom of darkness. He says you can, verse, verse uh, 16 goes on and says, you can be a slave to sin which leads to death or you can choose to obey God which leads to righteous living. He says, verse 17, thank God once you were slaves of sin but now you wholeheartedly, you wholeheartedly obeyed this teaching we have given you. So he says again, the concept that we understand about Genesis is that they were under the dominion and the authority of Almighty God. God transferred the dominion and the authority of the earth to his man Adam and Eve. And they took that opportunity that they had and transferred that right over to the devil. And so the world that we live in today is a world that is fallen out of grace. Why is all of this important in regards to Thanksgiving? Because we got to have a proper perspective concerning what we should be thankful for. I'm going somewhere with this. Because one of the things that the Spirit of God kept dropping on the inside of me is where believers are concerned. Some of us are thanking God for something that God didn't have nothing to do with. 
You have a wrong perspective. Let me give you an example. We don't thank God, watch this, for sickness. We do not thank God for sickness, for the Bible tells us that he's not the author of sickness. People say things like, if I hadn't been sick, I wouldn't have known that he was a healer. Well, God said he was a healer and he wants you to be in health before you got sick. And one of, the, one of the ways you can determine whether or not people believe that is that when they get sick, do you go to the doctor? Do you look for some medicine? You don't bit more believe that sickness is a work of God or, or otherwise, you be, why are you trying to get medicine so that you can feel better? You know that this is not right. Watch this over in Galatians chapter 3. Watch this. The scripture says here, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Watch this, verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through him. He says the blessing. The blessing, the blessing. Well, what is the blessing? I submit to you, watch this over here in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. The blessing, the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jews first and the Greek also, also to the Greek. So I believe that the blessing of God is this area of salvation. That the blessing of God. He says that he says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Well, if you study our Galatians chapter 3, I believe that he's not really talking about in this particular passage of scripture, the law of the Mosaic law. He's talking about the law that we find within Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, where God declares that the day you eat of this fruit, thou shalt surely die. Well, they ate of the fruit. Well, the law that was in place is that the wages of sin is death. And so what he what happens is he says that the blessing of Abraham, what blessing of Abraham? The covenant covenant relationship of that was between God and his man would extend first to the Jews and also extend to the Greeks. That's the reason why Christ comes as a Jew, because he comes as seed of Abraham. Now, he says that the blessing of, that the blessing might come unto the Gentiles. And I believe it's this area of salvation. Now, the first area of salvation that we understand is to be born again. To be saved from sin into the righteousness of God. Because in Genesis chapter 3, we see the reverse. That Adam and Eve walked in the righteousness of God and they were born from righteousness into sin. When you get born again, you're born out of sin into the righteousness of God. It is the first point that is defined as salvation or rescue and safety. Rescue and safety. Or it also means to deliver. So the word salvation is an all-inclusive word. It means, it means rescue and safety. Mentally and physically, it means deliver or deliverance. But it also means health. It also means saving. So now watch this. That word soteria means to rescue and it means safety. It means deliverance. It means health. It means salvation. So he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. He says, unto 
rescue, safety, deliverance, and health. But to everyone that believeth. So what is it that we need to be thankful for? The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 verse 5 that by his stripes we are healed. First Peter reiterates the same scripture and says ye were healed. So I don't thank God for sickness. I thank you from health. I don't thank God for the sickness even that it might be in my body. I thank God for the restoration of my health. Thankful in the right position or being in the right posture. Let's look at another area. We don't thank God, let me make this a little more practical, for our bad decisions. Amen. We don't thank God for our bad decisions. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 3 of the New Living Translation says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. <laughs> by their own foolishness, People ruin their lives and they get angry with God. Proverbs 14 and verse 16 out of the Amplified says, A wise man suspects danger and consciously avoids evil. But the fool is arrogant and careless. We thank God not for our bad decisions, but we thank God for his grace and his mercy despite our bad decisions. Now, the concept that we need to understand here is this area of what is improper. God can use everything towards our good. Most of us would readily believe that and say, yes, reverend, amen. But we need to look at this fallacy that shows up from time to time within our life. What does the word fallacy mean? It means an invalid or otherwise faulty reasoning in the construction of an argument. So fallacy that we need to look at or this area of fallacy is when we believe our bad decisions were in God's original intent. Let me say that again. Is when we believe that our bad decisions were in God's original intent. Thus falsely watch this exalting the experience into an improper place. This is what the Lord showed me. This is what's going on with a lot of believers. Let me say that one more time. The faulty or the fallacy about this statement. Because most of us, yeah, God can turn our bad to the good. And we get this part. But he says, the problem with my people is that we begin to believe that our bad decisions were in God's original intent. Thus falsely exalting the experience into an improper place. The word proper means right, suitable for a particular situation or purpose. But when we have an improper placement, it is something that is not right. It is not suitable. And where our thinking is concerned, sometimes we start looking at the things that God brought us out of and say, well, that must have been in God's original intent. Was it? And God showed me this example, and I found it interesting because you, you, you kind of brought this up last night. God said, all right, I want you to use this as an example. If I go out and I cheat on my wife, and, and I go out and I just, just cheat all on them, but I repent and I come back and say, baby, forgive me. And after time, she says, yeah, I forgive you and bring you back into the house. 30 years have gone by and I never did any of those things before after that point, right? But every now and again I say, well, the reason why our marriage is better is because of the fact I cheated. If I had not cheated, our marriage wouldn't be so good. 
It sounds good. But the reality is that your marriage could have been better if you hadn't employed sin. Thank God for his restoration. Thank God that he is a healer. Thank God that he can do things with and through your life. But God don't need your mess to create righteousness. God does not need sin to train righteous people. God said, and this is what a lot of people look like. They keep telling everyone that it's the sin, it's the sin. And God says, no, you are thanking me for something the devil did. I didn't push you out in the sin. I'm the one that restored. And you got to make sure that your testimony gives thanks and praise to the right entity. God does not need sin to train in righteousness. Somebody say, Reverend, I don't believe that. What are you talking Turn over to James chapter number one. James chapter number one. A proper perspective of being thankful. A proper perspective of being thankful. The Bible says this in James chapter number one, verse number 12. He says, uh, the King James, blessed is the man that endureth, endureth temptation. Endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Now watch this verse number 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Watch this latter part. Neither tempted he any man. The New Living Translation says, and remember, when you are being tempted, don't say God has tempted me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never, and he never, and he never tempts anyone else. A proper perspective concerning thanksgiving. Again, yes, thank God he can renew your life from sin. But we need to thank God as the renewer, not the one that, that pushes us into this area of sin so he can be taught something. A proper perspective concerning thanksgiving. And notice this. The Bible goes on to say, but every man, verse 14, every man, that means you and your mess. Every man is tempted when he is, watch the word, drawn away of his own lust and enticed. The New Living Translation literally says, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. Away from what? The righteousness of God. Let's go back to that analogy. Now, a proper perspective would be, all right, thank God for renewing my marriage despite my mess. Thank God for healing my marriage despite my mess. But not thank God that I went through my mess and that's the reason why I learned about God. That's an improper perspective. Come on back to the camera. Amen. Now notice. (laughs) Wisdom comes from knowing God first. Wisdom comes from knowing God first. God can use our experiences as training. Good experiences and even error experiences. But we thank God for his granted wisdom, his grace, his mercy, and not the sin. A lot of folks are giving God praise for sin. And that's an improper place to be. We thank God that he can turn a mess into a message. We thank God for that. But 
what we're thanking God for is the fact that he can turn a mess into a message. We don't thank the devil for the fact we fell into sin. Now notice this over in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 the Bible says see that you are circumspectly. Not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil. To redeem means to rescue to, uh, from loss to recover. So in other words, God has the ability to take the mess that you did have and redeem it towards his good. But we need to be thankful to him as the redeemer. Does this make sense? Watch this. Let's look at another example. We don't thank God for our problems. We thank him for the solutions. When we are being thankful, that's the reason, once again, he says, in everything, be thankful for this is the will of God concerning you. We don't thank God for everything. He says, thank him for being the problem solver. Notice this on 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm almost done. He says, there has no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. Notice this. Let's talk about God, though. He says, but God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able? So in other words, he says, let's, all right, there's no temptation that has taken you such as common to the human experience. All right, we, most of us understand that concept. We don't thank God, say, oh, thank God that we all going through. No, no, no. No, that's an improper perspective. He says, but God is faithful. We need to thank God for being faithful. What is he faithful to? Who will not suffer that you be tempted above that which you are able. Thank you, God, that if this temptation shows up in my life, it cannot be allowed unless I can overcome it. That's a proper perspective. Because 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. If God is the one that always calls you to triumph and he says God is faithful who will not suffer for you to be tempted above that which you are able. I thank God in this circumstance that I'm still going to overcome even though it may feel like I'm losing. Watch the next thing he says but with the temptation make a way of escape. With the temptation, make a way of escape. God is faithful to make a way of escape. Every problem, there must be a life solution. So when I'm thanking God, if I'm in a problem, there has to be a solution or the problem would not be allowed. So when I'm thanking God, I thank him as the one that gives me a solution for every problem. This is the proper perspective. Yeah. Scripture goes on to say that ye may be able to bear it. The word also means able to endure it. Thanks be unto God who always caused me to triumph. Thanks be to God who is faithful. Thanks be unto God that this temptation that I'm going through, this issue area that I'm in, fa I'm faced with. He says if it's allowed within my life, there's a solution. If it's allowed within my life, there's a way out. That's what I thank God for. We don't thank God for the problem. Yeah. Old song you to say, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know God could solve them. Well, that's a you problem. <laughs> now, thank God most of us can say that in one extent within our life, but God's word is not the question here. It's your fidelity to his word. Yeah. The Bible says, but God is faithful. This is not something new to God. It might be something new to you. Now watch this as we close. 
an improper perspective. Why am I spending time talking about this? Because an improper perspective will hinder you from receiving from God. The word perspective is a particular attitude towards or a way regarding something. It is a point of view. And when you have an improper point of view, when you have an improper attitude towards God or way of regarding God, what happens is it keeps you from receiving from God. So the reason why I'm giving this corrective word this morning is because we got to know how to thank God for the right stuff. We got to have a proper perspective, a proper attitude, a proper point of view in regards to God. Because if you don't, you will think about God incorrectly. And notice this. I want you to, God gave me this this morning. The devil will use any opportunity to dilute your vision of God, to dilute your loyalty towards God and his word. Let me say that one more time. The devil will use any opportunity to dilute your vision of God. So you've been over thanking God for the wrong thing for the last 30 years and your perspective is off. And so when a preacher shows up and starts talking about the goodness of God, you struggle with that because you've been thanking the devil for the mess that came in your life and not thanking God as the solution. As thanking God for the healer. As thanking God as the one that is in fact the way maker. And there's a contradiction and it dilutes your faith. The devil will use any opportunity to dilute your faith and to dilute therefore your loyalty, your fidelity to God and to his word. The word dilute, what does that mean? Dilution is the action of making something weaker in force, in content or in value. To dilute or dilution means to make it weaker. This seems like a small thing, but it has big results. It might be small in the beginning. You say, well, I've been thanking God for the problem for the last 30 years. No, you need to thank him as he's the one that was the solution. When you make the change, when you make the shift, your faith grows instead of weakens. Notice this over in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 16. Paul is praying for the church at Edifus and he's talking about something distinctly. And he makes this part of his uh, opening in this letter, this prayer that he has. Notice what he says. He says, cease not to give thanks unto you. Thanks for you. Make a mention of you in my prayers. Notice he says, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So he's praying for this church of edifice. And I believe this is something that we can pray for every single believer uh, is that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The more you know him, the more you'll know who did what. He goes on and he says, verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his, uh, his inheritance in the saints. A thankful heart is rooted in a proper perspective of who God is. A thankful heart is rooted in a proper perspective. Well, what is the proper perspective? That God is a good, good father. Yeah. Psalms 118 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. It's not that he has good, he is good. Yeah. 
Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse number 10, he says, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. He says, but I'll come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And then he says, for I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. When we begin to thank God improperly, it dilutes the way we see him. We don't see him as the good shepherd. We see him as the reason why I was in this car accident is because God sent the car accident in order to teach me something. And God's staring at you saying, I was the one protecting you from the thief that came to steal, kill, and destroy you. And you are thanking me for something I didn't cause. It dilutes how you see God. For this cause, many Christians walk away from faith because they have the wrong perspective. And then they go to church and the church folks will tell them in ignorance that God did something he didn't do. God caused an accident. God gave your mama cancer. God gave you these things. And God's looking like, I am the solution. I didn't give them this. The devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. I came to heal your life. I came to renew your life. And if you have a wrong perspective in this area then it dilutes your faith and it keeps you from receiving from God further maybe it's a situation that showed up in your life that you know yeah it was an attack but you the devil saying see the Lord was attacking you instead of telling you that he was the one that attacked you and you start believing the words of the devil not the words of God and your faith begins to get smaller and smaller and smaller to the point that it's almost non-existence and you walk away from God and, and that's what's happening with a lot of Christians because of these little areas. He says, in everything, give thanks. In everything. He does not say for everything. We don't thank God for the bad. We thank him for every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. I might be in the midst of an issue. I might have an attack in my body. I might have an attack over here. I don't thank God for something the devil is doing. I thank him as being the way maker, the solution, the one that restores the hell, the one that is the protector. I thank him for the good. And as I begin, even if I got to thank him by faith, when you praise by faith, your faith will begin to stir and you'll begin to see manifestations of what you've been praising God for. Let's pray. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, we bless you for this opportunity to have gotten into your word on this morning. In this season of Thanksgiving, Lord, we thank you for the good. We thank you for protecting us. We thank you that you are our healer. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that provides all for all of our needs. We thank you, Lord, for every good and perfect gift is coming from you. And Lord, we'll have a proper perspective in regards to, to giving you glory and rebuking the devil. And we thank you and we give you praise for everything. We thank you for this season of Thanksgiving. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, it's giving time. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says this. Verse number 6. But I say he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which sows bountifully shall also or shall, shall uh, reap also bountifully. Now over in 
Genesis chapter number 8 and verse number 22, uh, the New Living Translation, it says, As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. 2 Corinthians 9 says, But he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. Genesis tells us that harvest and seed time are going to remain as long as you see the, the sun come up in the morning. As long as you see winter come and summer come. As long as you see the changing of the physical seasons, he says, every seed produces a harvest. And Paul tells us by inspiration of the Spirit of God, he says, you determine what you reap. It is not up to God. That's up to you. He said, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Why? Because seed time and harvest shall not cease. If you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. The question is, what am I going to do? Am I going to obey God when he tells me to sow bountifully? Or am I going to say, no, I'm not going to put that seed in the ground. God says, all right. When you don't put the seed in the ground, you can't expect to harvest. It's just that simple. <laughs> he says, to the degree that you sow is the degree that you can have an expectation. Three ways you can sow into the training center. And one way is by way of our online giving, which is the training church.org. Second way is by way of our cash app, dollar sign one TTC. Third way is by way of our Giving, which you can send via mail, which is the training center, 1314 West Second Avenue, Gastonia, North Carolina, 28052. Always are available for you to sow into this ministry. And we thank God for those that have sown already into this ministry by way of any one of these portals. And we thank God for our partners and our members for sowing routinely into this ministry. Congregation, let us set ourselves in agreement with those that are sowing and those that in fact have already sown. Father God, in the authority of the name of Jesus, Lord, we bless you, for you are the one to give seed to the sower. And we thank you, Lord, that as we are responsive to your spirit and so according to as you determine, we thank you, Lord, that since we are bountiful givers, we thank you for a bountiful harvest. We thank you, Lord, because we bring our tithes and offerings to the storehouse. We thank you that you are, in fact, opening the windows of heaven over every seed, every person that's sowing and pouring us out a blessing in which there's not room enough to receive. We thank you, Lord, because we're responsive to what you're telling us to do, that you are the one that rebukes the devourer for our sake. We thank you that we can declare with Paul that all of our needs are met according to your, our riches, your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. For you are the God that supplies our needs. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everyone in agreement did say amen. Well, praise the Lord for another week and another time. Remember to be thankful, not just on Thanksgiving Day, but throughout the year. Amen. To have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude, to thank God for being the way maker, the solution, the one that brings you out. Amen. We will see you on next Sunday as we understand that Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday. So we won't be having our Thursday night Bible study. So we will see you on next Sunday. May the spirit of God bless you richly on this week as you walk in his divine favor. In Jesus' name, amen.